Uh, would you take your Bible and open it up with me this evening to 2 Kings chapter 19. And through the summer and right into August, we've been involved in a series that we've called Learning from the Testimony of Old Testament Men and Women. And tonight we're drawing to the end of that series. Now let me tell you where we're going to be going over the next several weeks. Next Sunday is the Sunday before Labor Day. We'll have a morning worship service. We won't have a Sunday evening service next Sunday. But next Sunday morning, we're going to talk about what it means to become more like Jesus and less like me. And I want to encourage you in your quiet time this week that you would take Philippians 2, 1 through 11, and you would read through it several times, and that you would pray through it. And then starting uh, September the 8th, we're going to begin a journey together. Consecrate the people. Joshua 3.5, the Lord said to Joshua, Consecrate the people, or tomorrow they will see God do wonderful things. How many of you would like to see God do wonderful things? It begins with consecrating the people. In Sunday school, in our worship service, in the Word of God, we're just going to be talking about the dimensions of what that looks like. And prayerfully, God will do such a work in our lives that on October the 6th, we're going to do that for four weeks. And then October the 6th, we're going to ask God to call us to a solemn assembly to seek him with our whole heart, to renew our covenant commitment to him, and to know God to do wonderful works among us. And I hope that you'll make the last four Sundays of September and the first Sunday of October priorities. If you have plans, counsel them, reschedule them. I'm serious. I believe with all of my heart it's going to be one of the most critical times that we're going to face. And it will open the door for God to do something great and wonderful. Well, tonight we're going to end up our series on learning from the testimonies of Old Testament men and women by looking at the testimony of Hezekiah. And if Hezekiah were with us and gave his testimony, he would tell us some things about the urgency of prayer. The prayer of Hezekiah is found in, in 2 Kings 19, verses 14 through 19. But before we get into this uh, prayer, you, you, you need to understand the background of what's going on and what prompts the prayer of Hezekiah. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, was conquering all of the nations 
around Judah. In fact, he had conquered 46 different nations. And now he writes a letter and sends it by a messenger to King Hezekiah. And in that letter, he says to Hezekiah, you're next. I'm coming for you, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Now, you talk about a smack letter. That's a smack letter. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to blaspheme God because he says to Hezekiah, don't be so foolish to think that your God can save you from me. All of these other nations had their little gods that didn't help them. Your God can't help you. And if that wasn't bad enough, the messenger who brings the letter to King Hezekiah goes out in the streets of Jerusalem and he says the same thing to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. King Sennacherib is coming. He's going to conquer. You can't stop him. And don't let Hezekiah fool you into thinking that your God can save you from Sennacherib. Now, that's the situation. The strongest, most mighty army imaginable is ready, is encamped, and is ready to attack. And it's in that setting that Hezekiah prays. And I want you to see five things about his prayer. First of all, his prayer was urgent. Look at verse 14. It says, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. Now Hezekiah gets this intimidating smack letter from a king that he doesn't have the power to stand against saying, I'm about to destroy you. And Hezekiah doesn't immediately go and call his generals together and try to come up with some last-ditch strategy that they could save themselves. He didn't run and hide. He didn't uh, throw up his hands in despair. I want you to know that when he received the letter, he immediately went to the Lord in prayer. In fact, he went to the temple, and there he lays before the Lord. I want you to know you and I face things that are far beyond our capacity, our ability. We might have physical needs or financial needs. There might be something out there that is threatening to overwhelm us in our personal life or our family life. And we look at it and it seems almost hopeless. And we can do two things in the face of those times. We can despair or we can run to God in prayer. That's what Hezekiah does. Prayer isn't a last resort for him. It is the first priority. It is the immediate response that he has in his heart to the Lord. You and I need to learn the discipline of praying quickly. 
you and I, we're going to talk about the promises of God and the presence of God. When you and I serve a God who has all power, you and I serve a God whose purposes cannot be thwarted, whose promises cannot be broken. And when we face difficulties, when we go through hard times, when things seem to overwhelm us, the first thing that ought to happen in our hearts is that we go before the Lord. Because I want to tell you something, to fail to pray is, to, uh, uh, is the failure to treat God as God. There was urgency in Hezekiah's heart. He receives this letter. He goes to the Lord. Now, not only is there an urgency in prayer, but there's an openness and there's an honesty in his praying. Did you notice what it said? Hezekiah received the letter at the hand of the messenger, and he went up to the house of the Lord, and he spread it before the Lord. Now, I don't know if he was sitting at a table and just spread it out there, this letter, or whether he was prostrate on the, the, the ground and he just spread this letter out. But he spread the letter out and he said, Lord, here's the need. What are you going to do about it? Just, just honest. Can I, can I encourage you, if you don't do this, is to keep a prayer list just to jot it down that you can lay before the Lord. It'll do two things. It reminds you what to pray for. <laughs> to pray for consistently. Be like that woman that Jesus talked about, came to her neighbor and knocked on the door. And she said, I need some help. And he says, late, go away. And she knocked on the door and knocked on the door. <laughs> And, uh, and he finally said because of her persistence, he opened the door and gave her what he needed. And Jesus was just talking to us about the persistency in prayer. And a prayer list will keep you focused on praying for the most important things over and over. But secondly, it will also help you to see how God answers prayer. How, you know, God answers more prayers than we're aware of. And so Hezekiah just comes. Here's this letter. Sennacherib is saying these things. Lord, I lay it down before you. Third, his prayer was praise grounded in praise. I want you to look down if you will, in, in uh, uh, verse uh, 15. It says, And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, over all of the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. He 
starts with praise. If you study the prayers recorded in the Bible, prayed by men and women that God worked mightily through their prayers, you'll find that they're always long on praise. They start with praise and they're long on praise. Let, let me give you an example of that from, from uh, the, the uh, New Testament. In Acts 4, Peter and John had been brought uh, heal the lame man. And the Sanhedrin council, the same people who uh, had been responsible for that kangaroo court that, that condemned the Lord Jesus, calls them in and threatens them, tells them they're not to name, talk about Jesus anymore. And they go back to the church and share the first persecution that breaks out. Now, how does the church respond? Well, they pray. In verse 23, and, and when they were released, talking about Peter and John, they went to their friends, the church, and reported what the chief priest and the elder had said to them. And when they, the church, heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, now here they start praying, help, Lord. No, here's what they pray. Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father your David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain and the kings of the earth set themselves together and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed? They prayed the scripture, didn't they? <laughs> and then they just talk about that nothing had happened that was apart from God's plan and his hand was over it. And so they come and they focus upon the greatness of God and then they pray their prayer, Lord, grant us boldness to speak the word. And then it says, when they had prayed, in verse 31, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. The presence of God overwhelmed them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The power of God was upon them. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. The purpose of God was achieved. But how did they pray with praise? Just like Hezekiah did. Here he is. I mean, the situation is dire. Sennacherib, uh, uh, he, uh, Judah stands no chance on the battlefield. He comes immediately to the Lord. He lays it out, and he begins to praise the Lord. What, what does it mean to praise the Lord? It means to exalt the Lord, right? It means to speak his character and his mighty works. Let me give you an example. If I was walking down a street and I saw a woman with her son 
And her son was so well-mannered. When he met someone and someone asked a question, he'd say, yes, sir, or no, sir. And I watch, and he's just so mannerly. that I walk across the street, and I come up to the woman, and I look at her, and I say, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. Unless you think I'm crazy. But if I stop and I say, ma'am, I just couldn't help but notice how well-mannered your child is. And it's obvious that you love your child. And you've spent much time teaching and training him. You know what I've done? I've just praised her by rehearsing what she has done. And that's how you and I praise God. And can I tell you that praise is absolutely essential because it puts the focus of our praying on the greatness of God and not the size of our problems. And that means it's the difference between praying with confidence and panicked praying. Fourthly, Hezekiah's prayer was bold. <laughs> I, I mean, he comes to God and he, he just speaks out in a strong, strong way. He's bold and he's expectant. He says uh, down in verse 19, after he's gone through praise, he comes immediately to the Lord. He lays it out. He talks about the greatness of God. And so in verse 19, he prays, So now, O Lord, our God, Save us, please, from his hand. God, we can't. He's bigger than us, but he's a lot littler than you. <laughs> and so, God, we ask you that the problem that we can't handle, that you take care of. Now, I want you to know you and I have promises from the living God that he will answer the praying of his people. Let me, let me just give you one of those in 1 John 4 verses, uh, 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know <coughs> that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Now, there's nothing ambiguous about that, is there? You pray according to his will, that which he's revealed in his word, and that's why praying scripture is so important. And he says, you have absolute confidence. He hears and hearing that he will answer and that request will come to you. You and I need to ask great things from God and expect great things from him. The fifth thing is that Hezekiah's prayer 
was focused on the glory of God. Go back to verse 19. It says, So now, O Lord our God, save us please from his hand, that all the kingdom of earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Now, I want you to know there are times that, that God answers our prayers because he is faithful to his promises. He answers our prayers because he loves his children. He answers our prayers because he wants to teach us dependence upon him. But more than anything, God answers the earnest, believing, urgent, fervent praying of his people to display his power and his love to others, to reveal his glory. I would say to you that that's the outline of prayer. Immediate, honest, grounded in the greatness of God through worship, bold in asking, but more than anything else, asking that God will be glorified, that people would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, see his majesty and his might. Now that's Hezekiah's prayer. And after his prayer, you need to see the supernatural answer. Isaiah was, was, was the prophet during Hezekiah's reign. And early in chapter 19, Isaiah had come with a word from the Lord and said to Hezekiah, when you get this threat from Sennacherib, don't be afraid. God's got it in control. And Hezekiah prays, and in verses 20 and 21, Isaiah comes to him again. It says, and then Isaiah, the son of Amoz, uh, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your prayer to me about Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, I have heard. And this is the word that the Lord has spoken in the reigning chapters, what God says he's going to do to Sennacherib, the scoffer, the one that would blaspheme him. And I want you to know that the battle is the Lord's. One of the greatest lessons I ever learned from Dr. Gray Allison is let God fight the battles. You don't have to fight all the battles. You just do what God called you to. And give the battles to him. Because that night when Hezekiah and all Jerusalem were in bed. In verse 35, the Lord sent an angel out and struck down 185,000 of Sennacherib's army. And Sennacherib has to turn 
tell and run home to Nineveh. And he goes into the temple of his false god and his two sons come and kill him. I want you to know God takes care of those that scoff at him, mock him. You and I don't have to fight the battle. He's, he's the victor. Hezekiah prayed. And the mightiest army on the earth, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You and I serve an awesome God who has made covenant promises with us that when we pray, things happen. Little prayer, little power of God. Much prayer, <laughs> Much power of God.